I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you Josh, like. What a stop! Josh from Ben! Oh! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it's been, we're, be, we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. Well, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he, I'll say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Hello and welcome to the football podcast with me, Kevin Kilban. I'm delighted, over the moon actually, to say today I've been joined by Dave McIntyre. Dave, how are you going? Over the moon? Yeah, over the wow. moon. Doesn't get much better than this, Dave. That's high praise. Doesn't get much better than Let's this, Let's hope yeah. the, uh, the listeners to our podcast are as over the moon by the time this pod comes to an end. Well, I, I, yeah, well, that's debatable. I think we know that every week, don't we? You know, we'll, uh, we'll have a good waffle about the, the things that have been of interest to us this week. Uh, I don't think we can start, Dave. Again, I always say, probably I use this phrase quite a lot, we can't look forward before we look back, Dave. We've got to look back <laughs> across the week, haven't we? We've got to look back, first of all, at the Wales game. Uh, we've, got, we've got to touch on it, and then we've got to look at the Iceland game. Um, do we have to? Uh, yes, I think we do. I think, we've got to have a, I think we've got to touch on it. I think we've got to at least discuss about where we're going to be going within the group now. We've got to see, maybe have a chat about the debutants that played against Iceland as well. But I think, we, I think we've got to start with that, with that Wales game. How it went? Um, your thoughts? You were commentating on it, Dave. Of course. So yeah. What are you? What are your overall thoughts now? A week later, perhaps, even with the Iceland game in mind, off the back of everything as well. What are your thoughts then on the where the group lies, how that game went, and and everything in general? Well, there's probably no need for us to go into the whole Bale, O'Shea, Coleman, Taylor. Yeah, I think set of yeah, we've, we've talked them to death almost. And it is what it is now. Coleman's going to have an eight to twelve month recovery. He'll be back. <laughs> And hopefully he'll be back at his best. Yeah. Bale was lucky. Neil yeah. Taylor was probably unlucky, but deserves whatever punishment comes his way. Yeah. And that's probably it. And I don't blame the referee. Some do. But like you said, we've discussed this for hours. Yeah. Both on and off air over the last week. Yeah. The performance was awful, but it was workmanlike. And had the final whistle gone five seconds before Bale lunged at O'Shea, we would have been delighted yeah. with a nil-nil draw yeah. because Wales were clearly the better team. What did you think of the game, though, in general? You said we, we, we didn't play well. I think we all accept that. But what did you think of the game in general, though? I thought it was intriguing because of what was at stake. Yeah. Had that been a friendly or a tie in which neither side could progress, it would have been just awful to sit through. It really would have because there was no quality. Yeah. Bar one or two bright moments from Bale... One brilliant pass in the first half. That effort that just curved away from goal in the second half. We offered nothing. Joe Allen was probably the only real player who showed consistent skills during the game, as in from start to finish. But the game as an advertisement for international football wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. But it was tense, and I loved that tension. It was high stakes. We knew that if we lost, suddenly it's a four-team group again. Yeah. But... Roy Keane, in the very beginning of the week, eyeballed a journalist and said, if you think we're not going out to win this game, you're sadly mistaken. Well, Roy was clearly sadly mistaken mm. because at no stage did we show any ambition to win the game. Reminded me very much of our trip to Glasgow to play Scotland in the last campaign where you knew after two minutes that this team has not talked about winning this game at all. Get out with your point. It didn't work that night when um, 
Sean Maloney got that really well crafted goal. Yeah, it's worked for it this time around, yeah. and we're in a great position. Yeah, and probably that's probably it's a great point you referenced that that game in Glasgow that night because it it did have similar so it, it, the game followed a similar path. I said even after that game, I thought Scotland were actually quite poor on the night, but they were marginally better than than what well they marginally they showed marginally better technique, maybe a better style, a better pattern than we did, and a bit more ambition. Yeah, the same could the same be said for Wales? I'm not so sure. I, I don't think Wales were actually that good, Dave. I thought oh, they were. I thought Wales. I don't, were, I don't think they were. Final third, they weren't definitely. Yeah, but they controlled the ball much better than we did. They used it far better than we did. They got in the middle. It was third. far easier for them to in get the into advanced third. positions than uh, it was for us. I, I think looking at it, probably John O'Shea could be considered man of the match. I think because he. He just controlled the game. He, he he didn't get himself in bad positions. He mm. did. He just he marshaled the game very well. But we were excellent defensively. Yeah, defensively. I mean, there was yeah. a lapse from Seamus Coleman in the first half that allowed Taylor in. Yeah. And there was that poor header from Richard Keogh straight to Gareth Bale in the second half. Yeah. Those two aside, I don't ever recall us being under pressure. Darren Randolph didn't have a save to make. Mm-hmm. So structurally, we were good. Com- we were compact. But it's you're looking really for a bit, you're looking for a bit I just, more. Like yeah. these are. Glenn Whelan, his first half was up there with the worst he's played for Ireland. And I feel that sorry for him in some ways because I see a great fear upon his shoulders when he's receiving his ball, the ball with his back to play, wearing a green shirt. Yeah. A fear that I don't see on his shoulders wearing, when he's wearing the red and right stripes, stripes of Stoke. And know, that's why he keeps playing the way he's facing. Well, you know, we've spoke to Keith on, on, on Off the Ball many times, haven't we, about it. Keith loved playing alongside Glenn. Glenn, Keith was a better player. Keith could get on the ball. Keith could start to maybe pass forward. He could break things up. But Keith was probably an all-round better player. But they had a good balance, him and Glenn Whelan, how they used to play together. I don't think there's a Keith Andrews now in the side alongside Glenn that's going to try and dictate play a little bit, that's going to try and demand it. Mm. That's going to, to pass forward. Yeah, and I, I, I see Jeff Hendrick over the last couple of games. I think he's been playing within himself. I think he's a lot better than he's shown. But does Glenn um, not play that way for Stoke? I don't think Mark Hughes would have him in the team if all he did was give it the same way that he's facing the entire time. But that's the point, though, about you might need someone else alongside and it's going to... If he okay, plays I mean, alongside, so somebody else can bring that slightly different side to yeah. this game out of him. Well, you've got, you, they've got maybe Charlie Adam that's in there at, at Stoke, who's, a, who's an excellent footballer. Joe Allen. Joe Allen, good footballer. Jeff Hendrick, I, I, said that I thought he was very poor. I didn't see him having any influence across the two games He didn't take whatsoever. any responsibility. He's yeah. a Premier League footballer I've, who we thought great things of after the summer. He's probably struggled for Ireland since the Euros, hasn't he? He has struggled, I think, yeah. across... Since the Euros, I don't think we've seen the Jeff Hendrick performance that we saw over in France. And David Myler, I'd have to say, he played really well in Austria when he came off the bench for... for was it Glenn that night, I think, he came off the, on, off the bench for? And David Myler has certainly played within himself um, in that Wales game as well. I didn't see him having any influence whatsoever. So you're playing with a three-man midfield. One... Of that three, certainly has At to least one. has to try and start to dictate play, demanding balls. And when they, uh, the one thing was very noticeable, Dave, and you you may have seen it yourself. Every one of our midfielders, whenever they took the ball off a fullback or wherever it would be, the first touch was always back towards the, where the ball had come from. Yeah. Not once did any of the players take it on a back foot, open themselves out, pass forward, change change the the, um, the direction of play. Mm. I saw it from Wales quite a lot, albeit they were quite poor when they got into the final third. I didn't see it once from from any of the Irish players. And that was maybe the thing that you're looking for in a game, that those three or two-man midfield, whoever it is, they've got to start having more, much more of an influence on the game and start to dictate play. Joe and, made I, a great point on the show, it was either last night or Monday night, Glenn Whelan would never make the headlines in the weekly article by the Stoke Chronicle. Whereas 
he w- he made a lot of headlines yeah. over the years here for not for seemingly in, being perceived to not being playing well. And I just think that he's afraid of the criticism he would receive. Yeah, there's fifty odd thousand in the Aviva Stadium. It's one of the biggest games that we'll have over the ne- over the couple of years that are in- surround this campaign. Yeah, and. He, no one wants to be the guy who gave the ball away that led to the goal that saw us lose 1-0 at home to Wales and ultimately didn't qualify. Yeah. Because that'll be remembered. Yeah. But that doesn't win you games. We're in a great position. There's no question mm. that if you had Arthur, Col- Arthur Wes Houlihan, Robbie Brady and James McCarthy all on that team, four ball players replacing four non-player yeah, ball players, suddenly there. we look very different. But th- is that because... It's purely down to the personnel that are on the pitch with little or no influence on structure and tactics from the manager. It seems to me that all the manager brings and his staff is a real sense of togetherness. They clearly want to play for Martin O'Neill. And this is, can't be underestimated. Yeah, I yeah, mean, this yeah. is hugely valued when it comes to a manager, particularly a manager who you only meet up with every two months yeah. or every three months. But he, I don't think he gives them a, game, a way to play. And I don't think he dictates dictates the mindset going into a game that if we do play good football it's the circumstances and or the personnel that dictate the way we play yeah but yeah I'm, I'm probably I'll take your point there that I think it's it's right in the fact is that the amount of time he's probably got with him isn't great so he, he has to be more of a motivational type manager but there also has to be a way of playing. We've got to. I look. We looked at. I'll, I'll maybe. I'll, I'll take it forward in a minute. But if I'm looking at Iceland the other night, Iceland, a lot of changes from their regular starting eleven. Yet there was a certain plan to how they played. There was a, there was a structure to the game plan, and certainly in that Iceland game there wasn't. In the in the Wales game there wasn't. If if I think Brian Kerr's touched on it today. Brian Kerr's um, mentioned something over the last couple of days. Sorry, since the Iceland game, saying look. We're not we're not a long ball side, even though we go back to front quite early because we don't play that way. We don't go and squeeze and condense play. Mm. For a long ball side, oh, fair you don't enough. get midfielders exactly. ahead of the ball. Yeah, like what's the point in going long if you have no one there to win a knockdown or win a flick? Yeah, but we're also not on the flip of it. We're also not a side that looks to play out from the back because we're not getting lads that's going to come and get get on the ball and dictate play. So, so what are we? Well, I I, I, may, I maybe go with you a little bit on the fact is that we do look like a a, a totally different side if we had Brady. Uh, Hulahan, mm. um who else would would we've had? Harry Arter, Harry Arter, sorry, yeah. those those three or four in particular. Well, when we, I said circumstances and personnel dictate the way this Irish team plays, yeah. not the manager. So if we were Wales going into that on Friday night, four points off Ireland, and we were and we had those four guys in the team, I guarantee you we play football that's far easier on the eye yeah. than what we saw on Friday and, night. And we don't we we don't create chances. If Hulahans hasn't been in the side recently, we, we haven't. haven't created a single chance in three matches. Yeah, Georgia, Wales, and Iceland. The mm. goal we did score was an absolute fluke, just pure endeavour and grit from Seamus Coleman got the goal. Yeah, yeah, and and yet here we are, like well, joint I, top. I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll park the Wales, we'll park the Wales game, and we'll talk about the Iceland game because I think ultimately, as you say, they're joint top of the group. So yeah. It's been a it's been a, a really successful campaign up to now. Without necessarily excelling ourselves, particularly in the home matches, we've had some great away results. I think the the Moldova game. I think spells. I thought I thought we actually played quite well in the Moldova game, and I thought we played really well in Austria. And that's kind of the benchmark for the performances for the rest of, of the campaign. So we're in a great position. We know that. Yeah, we but, could be qualified by the time we go to Cardiff. Totally. Like the real optimistic view of it would be you win against Austria, who are desperate now. Yeah. You're going to beat Moldova. If you, you beat uh, uh, 
Serbia at home. There's a chance, yeah, big chance of that. I know you still have to go to Tbilisi and that's a real potential banana skin. Yeah. But these are not good teams. No, like no. These guys are, these sides are, it's a bang average group, really. I, I mean, Wales should be the standout side, but after what they achieved in the summer, but, but we thought they don't but seem we, to we, be. we didn't see it like that at the start. No. Though, did we? we thought Austria, good side. Oh, yeah. We saw Wales, yeah, Bale, all these sort of things. And then you're looking at potential, as you say, Georgia for that game. And then you've got Serbia, who many downplayed at the start of the group. They've got some quality footballers. So, yes, but I think we're in a strong position. But my point I was going to make, maybe going on to the icing game, Dave, was that who now can come in? We've had these serious injuries of the night. And Tuesday then was the chance for for Martin O'Neill to give all the to give lads new caps to have a look at the ones that's maybe been understudies for quite a while that have not necessarily got a lot of game time to come in now and say well I'll tell you what if these lads are injured again you're going to come into yeah. the squad further on was there anyone that put themselves on that sort of footing that that you can say now right Shane Long's injured someone can go up front okay. Um, Wes Hulan's injured. Harry Hart is injured. We've got midfield. Who was there? Anyone within the side of the night no, that you can look at and go? Weren't. I thought the player over the two games that made the most effort to get on the ball and make something happen going forward was Eunan O'Kane, and he got hardly any I game. I thought he played time. well. I thought he played well. Yeah. I'd, given what we saw of him last night in that cameo performance, I would have liked to have seen him start. Yeah. I didn't think John Egan did much solid, but. Um, I thought he played okay. Actually, he was grand. I thought it was his mistake. If you're asking goal. me, do, is there was there anyone that played well enough last night for me to think put them in there if yeah. we've got an injury crisis? No, I didn't see anybody. Cyrus Christie has not impressed me at all, mm. and he's going to start these huge games unless yeah. he goes with David Myler at right back, which I can't. I think see that. Cyrus Christie's delivery needs to be. I think it's a better option, Christie. But yeah, I'm with you. I big think. time. But no, the, the answer to your question really is no. Hogan, Daryl Hogan. How did you feel? You wouldn't have. Seen I felt yet. sorry from last night because. He came in in a game where the atmosphere is as flat as, could, as it could ever possibly be. And he only got a few minutes. And Well, he was the only player that impressed me because I thought he came on and he, the game was flat. The game was flat before the substitutions were made. And then all of a sudden, Hogan's come in and he's gone, I'll tell you what, I need to go make an impression here tonight. I need to go and show the manager that, look, I've, I've moved, I've, I've played in the, in the Europa League, I've played Champions League qualifiers with Dundalk, now I've moved to, to England, I've established myself at Preston North End, now this is the next step for me. And I thought he was the only one who I thought, he's, he's gone on, he's tried to grab the game by the balls and go, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go and beat me, man, I'm going to put some balls in. And he's put two or three brilliant crosses in. Mm. And there's, there's probably a lot of hype around him, maybe overhyped at times, because there's probably a little bit too much pressure on him. But I think he just showed last night that he's a player that's where we're putting players in the category. If we're looking at the Wales game, who was the first sub? It was always had to be McGeady. Now I think Daryl Hogan's put himself on that. So at least now he's the first sub if he doesn't start the game. I don't think he is the first sub. He's second to McGeady, is he not? I will. Well, I, I'm going to present my stall out, and we can ref- look back at this you and I at the end of the right. campaign. We'll look back in the summer after after the Austria game. Daryl Horgan will not get any game time for Ireland in the remainder of this group unless the circumstances are as follows: Aidan McGeady right. has been brought on ten minutes previously, and we need a goal. Should we have a pint bet on that? Yes. Right. Let's, let's do. Right. Okay. But he will I not think be, you'd be buying me a pint. He will not be on in any other set of circumstances. We've got three substitutions to make. One of them will be a substitute striker that's going to come in, depending on who's on the bench that night. 
probably Daryl Murphy if he's fit. Mm-hmm. The second one will be McGeady, and the third one will be one that's defensive, heading into the injury time minutes. Right, I okay. do not see Daryl Horton coming on unless we're 2 0 down, and McGeady's been brought on after an hour, and Daryl will come in after 70, 75 minutes. Well, that's not what you said. You said he won't get any game. I think Daryl Horgan. No, will... we need to be. McGeady's already on, and we're losing. Right. That's the only circumstances I, I see. I think Daryl Horgan will get, will get game time in this group quite easily. I think he definitely will get Under some game different time. circumstances where it's 0 0 or we're up 1 0. And there's less need, than if, if we're needing a goal, I think I think he's going to be he'll be a man now. I ahead think of I, I think it's a 50-50 call between him and Ed McGeady now. Particularly yeah, I, I the way d- that I don't think O'Neill sees the world that way. Particularly the way that Ed McGeady played last night again when he started. He came off against on the off uh, the bench against Wales. I thought he had an impact on the game. So did I, yeah. he, he at least you know tried to show his creative side. He went again back with last night. Didn't play well in the game at all, or the other night should I say? He didn't play well at all, Dave. And I think Hogan now is. He's now put himself after his performance against Iceland. I think he's put himself now in that category of one of the first subs um, that that uh, that will be coming off. Well, I off hope the bench. I'm the one buying you the pint because yeah. that will mean you we're will seeing be. more of Daryl Horgan. You will be. So you will be. I'd dead. be perfectly happy to sacrifice the uh, the fiver. Connor Horgan, another one we haven't really spoke about. See, I'd heard far more about Connor than seen of him. Yeah. So on last night's evidence, disappointing. Yeah. But I certainly think it's unfair to judge Conor Horan on yeah. last night. I mean, I'd have to see far more of him. And I, I think I'd said I said it when we talked about it last couple. Of days. It's not easy, Dave, making your debut against Iceland. Let me tell you that now. So <laughs> here's a man speaking from experience. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it took me a long time to recover from Iceland. I tell you that. But I, I think I think Conor Horan. Uh, yeah, he, he struggled last night. I have to say he struggled. I think getting on the ball. I think dictate anything. He didn't even look to he play his natural game where he'll be going beyond. He tries to get into goal-scoring positions. There's pressure on them as well, though, isn't yeah. it? Because you know this is your one and only I chance. I know, I know. That's like, you may I, not I even make the squad next time. You yeah. have to shoot the light out in a crappy friendly in front of a half-empty Viva Stadium, 35,000 fans, my ass. Yeah. There was no way there were that many there last night. And it's not it's not easy. Against a compact, structured, disciplined team, albeit missing a few of their best players, but when you don't walk through the Icelandic side, you have to pick holes and make space and uh, create something and I felt sorry for some of those lads last night who some of them may not play for Ireland for quite some time Um, it was a one-off chance to show that you should be the next sub as you keep putting it because there's so many guys that were out last night when you take the four guys we were missing one suspension and three injured for Friday and then take O'Shea and Glenn Whelan out of it as well you practically talk John Walters it's practically your first team yeah yeah Um, and for that reason I just don't think Martin O'Neill will have learned anything and I think some of that's his own fault that he didn't learn much from last night because I'm not quite sure he gave the players the platform in which to showcase what they could do best. Well, I'll tell you what then, we'll park that, we'll park Ireland Thank for God. another few months. Now you can you can relax a little bit and get back to your day job now, Dave, because we'll talk Premier League. We'll talk, I mean, it's it's a big weekend. I think the game of the weekend always will be standout fixture across the season, Merseyside Derby. Anfield this weekend, early kickoff, 12.30. Um... Big blow. I'm looking at it maybe from with my blue hat on here. Big blow. How are Everton going to recover from from Seamus Coleman? Seamus Coleman's been one of the best performers over the last few years, and I think we maybe saw an extent of the of. I'll bring it up once. Last time I'll bring it up. The the performance against Iceland probably had the, a tinge of disappointment regards uh, or surrounding Seamus Coleman. I think that maybe had a bit of a cloud over the squad. The, the injury to, to Seamus Coleman. So it's going to be interesting to see how Everton. Get on. Everton have been playing really well recently. I think they're in good form coming into this game. Uh, but Liverpool need to win to maintain their um, the challenge for the top four. So this is a, this is a huge run this weekend. I don't even think this is a rivalry anymore. Oh, like a rivalry is only something in which either side can win. Everton's record 
against Liverpool is pathetic. Yeah, it's Kevin Campbell wasn't it's it, last so time. It's so bad. And we used to laugh, and it was being patronising towards Dublin GA supporters, when over the last 20 years they talked up the Dublin-Kerry rivalry, when it wasn't a rivalry at all. It was two teams, <coughs> the two of them turned up and Kerry won, and they went home. And that was the end of it. It hadn't been a rivalry since the 1985 All-Ireland Final, until Dublin won in 2011, and it's not much of a rivalry now because Dublin turn up and they win. Kerry's record against Dublin in the last six years right. is appalling. Right. So and that's what it is when it comes to Everton Liverpool. You know Liverpool are going to take one or three points from this game. I don't know whether it's bottle. I don't know whether it's tradition. I don't know whether it's the players they have on the pitch. It's various different managers have come and gone at Everton. And they do not know how to beat Liverpool. Why is that? Um, that's that's a harsh assessment. Is I'll, it not factually that correct? Well, you're a stat man, Dave. You're the man that likes to read out all these stats to me from time to time. So, um, the last victory at Anfield, I think I'm right in saying it's 99. Someone might correct me on it. might come back. But I know it's Kevin Campbell who scored the Se- winner. September 99, 1-0. 1-0, yeah. Kevin Campbell scored the winner. Um, the last win in the derby, I think, was that four years ago, Dave? I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm I haven't guessing. won any Merseyside derby since winning at Goodison Park in 2010. That was and in the meantime, they've played s- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, thirteen games. Oh right! Now right. come on. But what I would say is that Ronald Koeman has got some sort of steel within the side. He's got a bit of um, confidence, I think, instilled in the team. I think I think they're back to probably what they were three or four seasons ago with a good defensive structure and having good attacking talent within the side. I don't think Liverpool are any great shakes defensively. I don't think Liverpool. Are, are playing particularly well or certainly are not playing as well as he played early on this season. So I think it's a good chance for Everton. I think there's a really good chance for Everton this they week. They go and there and win. They're only three points behind Liverpool. I know. They give themselves a, a great chance. And someone said to me about uh, five or six weeks ago, I fancy Everton to, to finish ahead of Liverpool this season. If that were to be the case, they have to win this yeah. match. I feel as though they have to go and win this game and go and, as you say, maybe perhaps, maybe mentally and everything, put the hoodoo to bed, go and beat them and show right we have a big rivalry here. We've got to we've got to start making this rivalry uh, real. Yeah, we've got okay. to start. That's a good, better way of putting it. It is clearly a rivalry. It's the Merseyside derby, but it's not real until Everton start winning some games. Consistently, yes. They, they used to call the USA European Ryder Cup rivalry a big rivalry, but it wasn't when it was the GB and I against the USA because the USA just just talk it up as a rivalry and then they'd arrive and they'd beat GB and I by seven or eight points and that'd be the end of it. Yeah, it's a proper rivalry now. But you're right, it needs to be made real. And the only way for that to happen is to Everton go there on Sunday and win. And yeah. then they're chasing Liverpool down. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it was. And, that, and that's what you, you, I'm hopeful for this week and that they, that they can actually do that, um, even though I'm totally biased, Dave. Uh, anyway. Massive game Sunday as well. Yeah. Arsenal, Manchester City, it's live and exclusive and off the ball. Gary Breen's going to be with Nathan to four o'clock kickoff at the Emirates Stadium. What do you think? Arsenal are fascinating because they're in such a crisis. Yeah, they are. Four of their last five Premier League games have ended in defeat. Yeah. It's appalling. Yeah. It's, um, it is fascinating. And probably not the team you want to be playing now. A team that have managed to turn their form around and yeah. bar that exit in Monaco where at times they played okay but the Manchester City game is coming together quite nicely now under Pep Guardiola. Particularly in the Premier League where they should be able to score enough goals to beat the teams that can still hurt them defensively. But have Arsenal got any confidence? Has the 
international window arrived at just the right time for Possibly, Arsenal? So I all mean, those players and just get the hell out of there and get their minds off it for a couple of yeah, weeks? Yeah, I think that's a big point for them. I think, oh, that's a good point that you've made. I, I think it might be changes as good as a, as a rest for, for Arsenal. Just get out of the ground, get out of the Emirates, get away, get away from the training ground, get away from the manager, get a, you know, go and join up with your international side and just, just maybe refocus start enjoying your football again have a bit of a smile on your face so when you're going back into the game or back into the club should I say you you then can be fully focused and just maybe that little bit of freedom comes back to you that's that's maybe a positive that I could give Arsenal but as you say they, they, they still could then get back to the clubs and have that dread again that fear that has been clearly there with Arsenal over the last over the last what two months whatever it's been because as you say they have been taught they've been awful I was at the game Last uh, time out, Arsenal, when they played West Brom, and they were awful. West Brom, albeit didn't dominate possession, you, you close your eyes and you imagine watching West Brom Albion, and it was exactly how it was. Mm. They did exactly what they do. They sat off and they countered, and they were very good countering. They scored two set pieces, scored from two set pieces, West Brom, and Arsenal were, all, were hopeless. Arsenal were so bad. In possession, they were slack, they were lax. And You and I did the game at the Etihad, didn't we? It was the... Um... 1-1 was it or 2-1 the City I can't actually remember the result where Arsenal started really well got yeah. the opening goal and then Sana equalised within a few minutes of the start of the second yeah, half yeah did City win City they won it, didn't they won 1-2-1 I think City won 2-1 then, and yeah. it was the second half that had summed up Arsenal's season they did not lay a glove yeah. on City for the second half Yeah, and you just wondered why they'd bothered turning up for the second half at yeah. all and that was the day where we saw Alexis Sanchez on his hands and knees, and the camera picked him up and on the pitch, and his yeah. body language looked awful. And that's been, a, but that's been a continuation since then. That was you said that, that was, was one of the ago. first time, yeah. And you would think that City will go there and do them on Sunday, but are they not the type of team that Arsenal should be able to play though? They're well, not going to hurt them with their big men, and they're they're not going to sit back either. Well, it'll be a game that Arsene Wenger will relish because he'll say two footballing teams. Let's go head to head and let's see. I think City have got too much of them. I, th- I think City will win the game. City, if, if City show the form they've been showing recently, they'll be open. I would imagine, you know, the old one I always say to you, Dave, and we're looking at a few little bets every weekend, both teams to score and a City win because City are not great defensively, but I just think they're going to have too much for Arsenal. So I, I'll probably have a little... I'll probably have a little dabble on Man City this week and I'll probably back them with both teams to, to score. But... City look. City are, are, are really exciting to watch. Every, Arsenal, for all the attacking players that they've got, I don't think they're an exciting watch. I don't necessarily see them going to hurt sides and, mm. and going trying to get Terrible. in behind. City, I see that from that. I, I, I've for all for all bit. You'll look at them. They, they do look poor defensively at times, Man City, but they're a great watch and they're exciting. And that should be a cracker this weekend. I think it's uh, probably from a footballing point of view and how two sides are going to go head to head. That's probably the most glamorous tie, the most open and attractive game, I think, of the week. And I think that'll be a really good game to watch. Um, Our other night game, Swansea-Middlesbrough, you and I are doing this one. Yeah, you and I are at Liberty. There's a real sense of desperation about Middlesbrough now, isn't there? There is. And it's a big one maybe for Swansea. Swansea Swansea lose last time out. They they lost quite badly last time out. If you think of the top of my head now, I need to get my head around it. Yeah, they were were beaten by uh, City, were they? No. No, sorry, they were beaten by... What was but, Swansea's but, last game? But Bournemouth, they, they lost 2-0 Bournemouth, there before yeah. the international window. It was 2-0 going on. And that was a bad result. Three or four days. A they, Bournemouth team that couldn't buy a win. Yeah, they were, they were, they were terrible. Uh, back at home might be a different story, I suppose, this weekend. Uh, Middlesbrough have been showing nothing. They haven't. And they showed a bit of steel against United last time out. They had a bit of a go. And 
yeah, of course, it was the mistake probably in Victor Valdez that, that gifted United the win in the end. But it was almost as if Middlesbrough quite happy to say, I tell you what, we'll be we'll be quite content if we can get away with a nil nil draw in this game. Anything else from the game is a bonus, and they're showing no attacking threat whatsoever. They're not even attempting to go and uh, go and uh, get against side. So whether or not Agnew going in there instead of Karanka, whether or not he makes a difference, we're seeing there that Jonathan Woodgate is going in his first team coach. I don't know where that one has come from. Um, I believe he's doing, he had been doing a bit of scouting in Spain for Liverpool, I think, at one stage. So it's something that Steve Gibson, the Middlesbrough chairman, does like. He likes to have his own around the football club, i.e. Middlesbrough boys. So mm. Woodgate's gone back in. So that'll be an interesting one to see how that one goes, see how that one pans out. But Middlesbrough, they desperately need to get something from this game because if they don't, this is it looks as though the way it's gone with them, they're just going to be doomed. Their last Premier League win was against Swansea. That was the home game <clears throat> at the Riverside. Swansea lose this game, they're sucked right back into yeah, it. It's are. a great chance for them to put some real daylight between themselves and the bottom three. Some pretty interesting games on the Saturday as well. Uh, Manchester United, they are in action again this weekend and West United Brom, yeah. are playing against West Brom. Yeah. West Brom don't make it easy for anybody at the moment. No, playing well. I, again, I saw them against Arsenal and they'll do this uh, they'll try and play a similar sort of way you know what Pulis does he'll make it he'll make the game horrible he'll make the, the game a little bit dogged it'll be difficult for united to go and break them down because they'll sit so deep in the match james mclean was excellent on the day i thought i think in midfield they've got good footballers with brunt with uh, fletcher Rondon up front did okay on the day, but that R-man Hal robson Canu played really well, actually, when he came off the bench last week. He scored, or the other week, he scored. So he's, uh, I think overall they've got, West Brom have got a team playing for the manager. You can quite clearly see there's a good structure to how they play, the dangers from set pieces, and I think uh, I think it'd be difficult, but I think United, United will have too much, Dave. I'm they've got Everton on Tuesday which is obviously a massive match. And then they're live and off the ball next weekend. They're away to Sunderland. And then it's the game against Anderlecht in the Europa League, followed by Chelsea. Yeah. So they've got huge games. They can't really afford to put a foot wrong in either competition. No, no. Uh, he's he's said Mourinho, hasn't he? He's targeted, he, th- he thinks the, Champions, uh, sorry, the Europa League is the best form of getting to Champions League. He thinks, look, it's Do a trophy. Do you agree with that? Right, they're, right now they're four points off the Champions League places, but they've two games in hand on Liverpool. They've got a great chance. They've, they've got, got a, great... a game in hand on City and Tottenham as well. I think in an ideal world, I think yes, he would want to do it in the Premier League. He wants to. He wants to finish high. He wants. Well, you to... want to be going into a Europa League final in Knowing. Stockholm with fourth place secured. Yeah, that's right. Um, because so then you're just looking to add some gloss to your season. If United were to win the Europa League and finish in the top four. Is there a fifth team that gets no. it? No, it's not, is it? No, is they it? have to finish outside the top four and right, win it yeah. for there to be a fifth side. Right, so, but if you look at the draw, you look at the teams that's in there in the, in the Europa League, United are probably the strongest side in that in that um, last 16, is that right? The yeah? last eight. Last eight, so. And they've got a decent enough draw in Anderlecht. There's yeah. some good teams. Leon are a good side. And, yeah, but you know, United should have too much for Leon. They should have too much for... Um, they should have too much for a lot of the teams they haven't beaten this season. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right on that one anyway. But I think they're in. I think they have been in decent enough form across the board tonight. I think they've done okay this season. So Chelsea Palace, it's becoming fairly yeah, routine now at this stage. Is it is. another three points and another step closer to the end of it all? Well, you can't. You can't uh, see it being any different, can you? You can't see. You can't see Chelsea changing anything. They'll probably go and win the game two nil and. It'll be continuation. Diego Costa, the form he's been showing, even though he's not necessarily been scoring consistently, I think he's been in good form, Costa. 
Kante has been absolutely outstanding. And then you throw in the mix, you've got Hazard, who's been just mm. terrific. So, so many players have been there and done it. It's very reminiscent of the run to the title two years ago under Mourinho, where it just never really looked like it was going to come unstuck. Yeah, the big one I would just say on the Chelsea at the moment, Dave, I don't know if you've read about it this week, was uh, Hazard to Real Madrid getting uh, a lot of attention this week, saying that Hazard will be leaving in the season. Could he lose focus from that Hazard? He's, he's been known to lose focus in the past. Could he think that this deal's now on the table for me? I need to, I need to get away. It might be my only chance to move to, to move to uh, to move to Real Madrid. That that could be something that could go against Chelsea. They're almost in a position though where if he lost focus, it won't actually yeah. have a fatal I th- I amount of Conte, damage. I think if he did lose focus for three or four games, Conte would drop him. Yeah, he'd just bring somebody else in, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't bring in Pedro and get him to run the legs off somebody. Yeah, he wouldn't think twice about that. Not the end of the world. At Tottenham, they are at Burnley. That could be a difficult one for them. Yeah, could be could be a, a tight best one home for team in the Premier League almost. Yeah. There you go. There and the other go. games are fairly. Uh, well, fairly look at average. the bottom. Maybe Sunderland at Watford. If Sunderland don't win this weekend, they probably need to be picking no, up. They're gone. Six they're gone. They, they're gone. they yeah. are gone. It looks that way. So Hall are hosting West Ham. A big chance for them to pick up some points. We've already talked about Swansea and Middlesbrough, and Palace have to go to uh, Chelsea at the weekend. Leicester hosting Stoke. Leicester looking for their fifth consecutive Resurgent, win. Resurgent, aren't they? Under Resurgent, shakes. yeah. That's it, shaky, yeah. You can't, and they'll, uh, um, they're preparing to take on Atletico Madrid. Is Atletico or Juventus they have? Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, yeah. Atletico Madrid. In the last eight of the Champions League. Things yeah. are on the up for Leicester. Anything else you want to talk about before we go? Last night, Spain, France. Um, video technology. Video technology, Two yeah. goals. We spo- one reeled in, one reeled out. We spoke about this sort of thing. I mean, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, it, how it's going to develop. It will develop over the next three or four years. How um, are they going to to use it are they, are they going to you know how the challenge is going to work and all these sort of things how what's the referee going to be um be thinking around it it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting structure I've, i didn't watch the game i didn't see the game so but i've read a little bit about it today and it's 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 an interesting one dave it's, it's there were two obvious decisions and that's great so the right result was achieved in the end yeah for me it'll come a cropper when you have one of those offside decisions that is just open to interpretation. Mm. Was he interfering with, with the goalkeeper? Was he in the goalkeeper's eye line or was he not? Yeah. Um, was there a score, scoring part of his body in an offside position? Those where you can study it for minutes on end, which will not do the game any favours. Yeah. If there's that much of a break, the fans will get on the backs of the officials pretty quickly. Those are the ones that are going to be really, really tough. Yeah, I think clear cut ones are fine. Well, when we had uh, we had uh, Alan Kelly, the MLS referee from Cork, uh, on the show uh, off the ball, and it was about a month ago now, maybe six weeks ago. He was chatting about this: how ML, how the MLS are going to be the trialing at the moment, and the second tier in in America have been using the system, and they're now going to be introducing it soon. I think that's why Howard Webb's gone over there as well to try and oversee it. But he was quite positive about how it would work. They wouldn't try and overcomplicate it it would be you know match defining decisions the offside all these sort of things that's around the penalty all these sort of things it, it did actually seem from what Alan was saying it, it's quite a clear concept and how they're going to work it so they won't be they won't be you know trying to go back if, if something's happened further on uh, later uh, earlier on sorry in a move that's led to a goal it won't be none of that it'll be literally the final play the final, the final plays which is probably right you've yeah. got to let the referee you'll, ref the you'll game. spot a foul somewhere if you referee, go exactly enough. referee will, will <laughs> mistake, make mistakes like that I like that, the idea so. of two challenges per manager yeah, I, I'm. You throw I'm, a flag like I, you do. In the I've got to say, I'm quite in favour of that. And how are you going to do it? You're going to have your own. So with the video referee, you've got one delegate from each side. If you have got, say, it's, it's Liverpool Everton this weekend, if you're going to have a blue and a red, whatever, up there with the referee, we're going to challenge that. You're getting word down to your manager. These sort of things might come into play uh, within this, but 
I don't. I certainly won't be on the cards yet. I don't think. I think it'll be just literally the video referee, mm-hmm. the referee, and the fourth official. I think they're the ones that's going to be in on it. They'll be privy to the conversations and, of course, to assistance as well. So I think that's how it. That's how it's going to uh, materialise. Over. There's too much at stake nowadays for these <coughs> for these really poor decisions just to be let slide. Ultimately, it won't be without controversy, but it's probably the right step. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on it. So there will be moments that will cause outrage. Yeah. There will be, and like it's it, and that's going to happen. You can yeah. you can just see it now. Things will happen, and um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to seeing how how this is going to develop. It's something we've been crying out for. FIFA say out. they want it for the World Cup in Russia, so it's not a million miles away. Yeah, you could see it. Well, they, they need to get it trialed. They need to get it all. They need to make sure that it's working properly, and it's clear exactly how they're going to use it. And I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine going forward anyway. Any other business? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, there's not too much. There'll Are we be- going to qualify? Yes, I think we're going to top. Uh, yeah, I think we've got a great chance with Serbia at home. I, th- I fancy to beat Serbia at home. Given that we, if if we say look, we were a point behind Serbia, maybe two points down from Serbia, right? We've got to go and beat them. Yes, I think we'll beat them, and I think we'll have enough then to see us through. The Georgia one is one that's maybe in the back of my mind that I'm slightly worried about going mm. out to Yusuf, going what out to Tbilisi. If Wales go over to Serbia and get a point, just possible, albeit they are without Bale, and we beat Austria, and we're two points ahead of Serbia going into the Serbia game. Imagine that. But won't we just go in with the exact same mindset we were dealing with on Friday? Well, that, Dave, you understand that's a difficult that's a difficult mindset to have, though, that one, isn't it? We still had it, though. Yeah, but it's a difficult one to say if you're in that position and you almost say, then, right, well, I'll tell you what, then let's go. Let's not lose, let's. Go and open. Go, yeah, let, let's, 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 tell you what, let's go and win the game. Let's go and think. We'll only do that if we're three or four points behind Serbia going into the game. Yeah, but There's no, no way we no, what I'm saying host to you Serbia is, at the Viva, two points up on them at the top of the table, and we don't go into the exact same Yeah, but what I'm saying is that will be the talk. Lads, we're going to go and win the game. Say you're ahead of Serbia, we're going to go and win the game. When you know full well, it will not be the case. And, it, and you know what? Realistically, I wouldn't want the team to go and say, I'll tell you what, we're going to go and win the game and play open against them because why would you leave yourself so vulnerable? Yeah. There's no need for it. Because you get oh, sla- slaughtered then if you do that. Totally. And you lose. Totally. So I, I, can, I would understand the mindset um, that it might be a little bit negative, a little bit. We're going bit. to have to win one of these home games. Yeah. Wales, Austria, or Serbia, we need to beat somebody. Yeah, I, I'd fancy us to beat Austria, actually. I do fancy well, to win some. So. See, we've never been great in the summer. That's our only thing. Right, should we wrap this up? Yeah. Well, thanks, for for, thanks for joining us. Um, really enjoyed it, Dave. Good little yeah, chat nice there. Excellent, excellent day. So thanks very much. Good luck. Hope you're all well.